Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. Well, now that we're done with the Greater Movement series, we're actually going back to the old format for the Pray Together podcast and email. So whether you prefer the written version or the audio via this podcast, the content is exactly the same. We finished up the Book of Psalms a little while ago, then we did the Greater Movement series, and now we're going to tackle one of my favorite books of the Bible from the New Testament, and that is the Book of Philippians and see how that book should be informing our prayers. So let's launch today with the beginning of Philippians 1. The verse, first couple verses are just Paul saying hi, and then he picks up in verse 3 with this. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I always pray with joy in my every prayer for all of you because of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is right for me to think this about all of you, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, all of you became partners in God's grace together with me. For God is my witness that I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love may abound even more and more in knowledge and every kind of insight so that you can decide what is best and thus be sincere and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That's Philippians 1, 3 through 11. Before I became a pastor with New Hope, I worked for an IT consulting company. The business model was pretty simple, but very effective. There are small businesses everywhere that have technology needs, but they don't have room in their budget to pay the salary of an IT employee. So when their printer stops working or their computer stops computing, they would call us. We would charge an hourly fee and go in and fix whatever the issue was. I always said we were basically just rent-a-nerds. I loved the job because every day was different. I'd go in and I never knew what was wrong and each company was different. Everyone had equipment set up differently and had different needs. So I was constantly learning new things. But one part of the job drove me nuts and that was management of customers' expectations. When I first took the job, I thought I'd get to be a hero to people. They'd have computer issues. I'd swoop in and save the day and people would be thrilled with me. They'd be singing my praises. They'd be glad to see me. But that's not the case at all. I learned really quickly that most people would rather call a plumber than call an IT guy. By the time they called me, they were seeing red. They had already tried everything they could to make their computer work. Their agenda for the day was blocked by the stupid computer. They were losing money since they couldn't work. And I had about five minutes to figure out a way to calm them down before their anger at the computer was transferred to me. At first, I was terrible at handling this. The pressure freaked me out. I also was so green and inexperienced in the IT field that I couldn't figure out the problem very quickly. I was scared of looking ignorant in front of the customer, and it led to some bad situations. But then I figured out a system. I'd walk in, and I'd listen. I'd ask questions. Then I'd show that I understood how angry they were. I'd say things like, yeah, it's never fun when an entire afternoon is wasted because a computer refuses to do its job. And what makes it worse is knowing that you'll still have to get this done tomorrow. 
A simple statement like that would help so much to calm the customer down. And calm customers gave me more time to figure out what in the world was going on with the computer. Once I got the emotion out of the situation, I was able to focus on the actual problem. And working on the actual problem delivered results. The emotion and pressure did nothing but slow everyone down. So I had to deal with that first. I decided that we'd jump into the book of Philippians. We've spent a lot of time talking about Old Testament stuff with Psalms, and then we worked through a portion of John during the Easter season. But now I thought we'd talk about one of my favorite books, that's Philippians. And Philippians opens with this beautiful prayer that the Apostle Paul prays over the believers in Philippi. The backstory to the prayer is that the believers in Philippi have sent Paul a financial gift. Paul is locked up in Roman jail and writes this thank you note. And two lines stand out to me as Paul prays for his friends. The first one says, I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And the other line says, and I pray this, that your love may abound even more and more in knowledge and every kind of insight so that you can decide what is best and thus be sincere and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Isn't that awesome? Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want God to make them perfect in Jesus? Who wouldn't want to have a growing love that brings knowledge and insight? Who wouldn't want to be filled with the fruit of righteousness? But what's interesting is how Paul links these things to the day of Christ. Paul believed that Christ was coming back. He didn't just abandon us forever after Easter. He's coming to finish what he started, bringing about the kingdom of God. That's the day of Christ. And it's interesting how Paul uses that as a filter. He's focused on it. He's thinking about it all the time. He's making decisions to prepare himself for the day of Christ, and he's praying that others would as well. He's hoping that when the day of Christ comes, people will be righteous and holy. It's kind of like troubleshooting a computer problem. There's emotions, there's distractions, and there's issues all over the place. As the IT guy, it was my job to cut through all of that to focus on the problem. I couldn't get distracted. I couldn't get scared by the intensity of a customer. I had to remove those distractions so I could solve the issue. If I didn't, the problems just got worse. Well, it's the same with our souls. There are distractions everywhere. There's scary things everywhere. God is working in us constantly to make us more like him, but the world is working to destroy us. It's easy to get distracted by things that don't matter, and our souls pay the price. So how do we stay focused? How do we keep ourselves on the right track and growing? Well, I think we do the same thing Paul did. We look at the day of Christ. We remember that Christ is coming back. He's bringing a kingdom that we will participate in. He's going to be in conversations with us. He's going to be looking at our decisions. He's going to be looking at how we handled the responsibilities he gave us. Kind of cuts through the noise a little bit, doesn't it? All of the sudden, today becomes much more than just another day. This is a day that Christ can use to form our souls. This is a day where we can prepare ourselves for his return. Let's do that. Everything else, we can figure it out later. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you'd keep doing a, a great work in me. Make me to be like Christ. Make me holy. Make me blameless. Make me to be a person of love 
And I pray that love would be the thing that drives my actions and my decisions. May love bring me wisdom to follow you. God, I know that none of these things are inside me naturally. You are the one that has put them there and grow them. I want to be prepared for your return. A couple things for you to think about. First of all, after praying this prayer for yourself, pray it for other people, just like the Apostle Paul did. Parents, I encourage you, pray it over your kids. Pray it over your neighbors. Think about the people around you. Also, if you knew that Christ were coming back this weekend, what would you eliminate from your calendar? Hey, thanks for joining me. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time.